episode is brought to you by Habit Aware. If you follow me on social media, you may have seen me wearing a watch with a lilac colored band. That's a keen too, and it's much more than a watch. It's a life changer. I've had trichotillomania for 22 years, and I always thought of myself as a conscious puller. But when I started wearing the keen too, I realized that was not the case. The keen two's motion sensing technology gives my wrist a gentle vibration or hug every time my hand reaches for my hair bringing me to awareness so that I can make a different choice. Start bringing awareness into your life by going to barbaralally.com slash habit aware. I'm Carly. I am 19 years old from Florida, and I am a cosmetology student with trichotillomania. I've been hair pulling since I was about six. I came home with no eyelashes one day, and my parents started freaking out. <laughs> Were eyelashes the first place you started pulling from? Yes. I remember pulling and it almost feeling like you ever have like dust in your eye and it kind of like itches. So you start to like itch your eye and then it just goes on from there. I think that's something what happened with me because I still get that same sensation since I was a kid. But since then it like grasped onto like my eyebrows or it went to my head hair at one point and it kind of goes all over my body. But primarily I pull out my eyebrows and my eyelashes. What are some things your parents tried with you once they saw you come home without eyelashes? I came home and they were like, oh, it's probably just a habit. She's going to outgrow it. She's going to stop soon. And it like I would do it in the car and my parents would yell at me while I was doing it. So would my grandmother, everybody, when I would do it in front of them, they would yell at me. So I ended up doing it by myself in the bathroom. Or, like, I would go to my room and do it myself. And honestly, having that, like, anxiety of not being able to do it made me want to do it more. Because it was, like, my brain was telling me, no, you have to get this one last hair. You have to get this one last hair. And if I didn't do it, I would be angry. I can totally relate to not being able to think of anything else but the hair I want to pull. Did your parents think about having you try therapy? I started seeing a psychiatrist before I started seeing a therapist and I was 10 when I started seeing this psychiatrist. I started seeing her when I got to my worst, I guess, with my trick because I had a huge bald spot from like my recession line to my hair all the way back to like the crown and my parents were like, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god. So... I saw that psychiatrist and the first thing she was telling me was like, oh, it's probably like anxiety induced. We can put her on this medication and it's almost like an over the counter one. And I don't remember what the like longer term was. I just remember calling it NAC. It's like N-A-C. And I just remember it tasted terrible. <laughs> it didn't change anything, honestly, for me. Everything kind of stayed the same eventually I had to wear like bandanas and everything and I was wearing headbands for a really long time and then randomly I stopped pulling out my head hair and I still don't know 
to this day what made me stop doing my head hair but I still don't get the same satisfaction with my head than I do like everywhere else that leads beautifully into my next question which was what are some things you do to limit or stop your pulling honestly probably like mental stimulation like doing something that I can really focus on it's not necessarily distracting because I don't like the word distracting because that is more of there's that big thought in the back of your head that you still want to continue to do but distracting yourself from that it's still in the back of your head so Having some kind of mental stimulation gives me the same satisfaction as pulling. It's so interesting that you mentioned you don't pull from your scalp anymore. The same thing happened to me with my eyebrows. When I pulled out all of my head hair, now that I'm a cosmetology student, I'm used to like, you know, being a dummy, like being like somebody pulling my hair, brushing it, styling it. It hurts. It hurts so bad. And I didn't realize that until like going into cosmetology school. And there's like a lot of things that I feel like I've benefited from going to school, learning how to do hair, learning how to do all of these things to maintain, I don't want to say the beauty standard, but like making yourself feel confident in yourself, even with like a few flaws that one might be embarrassed about. Because I was embarrassed about not having eyebrows my whole life. I was always the girl with no eyebrows. That was always the pinpoint. Like, oh, she doesn't have eyebrows. She's got Sharpie eyebrows. She's weird. Like, there's always something to say. And it was very hurtful. <laughs> I really hated when people would point out my missing eyebrows or eyelashes. I would often lie to them about it. What are some things you'd come up with when people pointed it out? I was born without them. I want to get more creative with my makeup looks. I have them, you just can't see them. Or I would genuinely just like push all my hair to the front so nobody could see. There is just so many things that I remember I would say and I would get so defensive and angry. I would like flip. And looking back, I was just a sensitive little girl that wanted to fit in so bad at all times. And I should have been a little more understanding but you know eight-year-olds are mean honestly like eight-year-olds are still mean to this day little kids will point at me and be like mommy why are her eyebrows like that I <laughs> little kids are so easy to point out what is not familiar to them people at my school we did this whole hair loss unit everybody was you know asking their questions about alopecia alopecia nowhere in my textbook did it say anything about trichotillomania so I went out of my way and raised my hand and I said, can I just like have a little conversation with you guys about what trichotillomania is? Because it is a very more common disorder than you guys think. And it shocks me that it is not in this textbook. So we had like a whole little like roundtable discussion about what trichotillomania is, what we can do to like prevent, you know, embarrassment from the client, a little more education about it because my teachers didn't even know what it was. And that's saying a lot from like, you know, licensed professionals not knowing what it is, not even knowing how to pronounce it. It gives me a little spark to be like, I'm doing something that's good, that's helpful for my community. How did you feel once you realized, okay, 
I'm going to educate others about this. It felt great. Honestly, at first, I was talking to my friend sitting next to me, and I was like, should I say something about the fact that I don't have eyebrows? <laughs> and she was like, go for it. And I was like, okay. And then I confidently was like, let me tell you guys about trichotillomania. <laughs> After you brought it up, did anyone say that they knew what trick was or that they knew someone with it? Yeah, a few people were like, oh, yeah, my friend's daughter has that. Or, yeah, I've dealt with somebody who I went to school with. And then there was this one girl that came up to me afterwards and was like, I think my son has it. And she was asking me about it because she didn't want to, you know, like blatantly be all like, hey, guys, my son has this and he's very embarrassed about it. So I was just like, yeah, I can I can talk about it and get you maybe some resources that you can you know, support your son with, because I don't want to say help when it comes to BFRBs. It's more of a support because being pull free is more harmful than it is good. And that stresses me out when so many parents specifically are like, how can we get our pull free? How can we get them to stop? How can we get them to stop doing this self-damaging behavior? Well, you know, you can't just ask somebody, hey, can you stop doing that when they're so used to doing that specific thing that makes them happy, makes them satisfied, makes them feel good. It might not be your cup of tea, but that's not your way to judge. I feel exactly the same way. I was told so many times that being pull free was the only way to be successful, and it didn't help me at all. No, not at all, because it puts a little more stress into my heart when the parents of certain kids that are coming into my chair being all like, yeah, how can we get her to stop doing it? I don't like that question. I despise that question, actually. So what I do is I try to redirect the conversation to more, what can we do to support? What can we do to support your child to maybe have them do it a little bit less than you like. But there's no such thing as pull free. I don't like that. And it's more harmful because I like to compare this to my Dr. Pepper addiction. So I love Dr. Pepper so much. I drink at least three a day. It's really bad. But you know, you can't just take away all of my Dr. Pepper when I'm so used to drinking it every day. That makes that's gonna make me mad. So what are you to say don't do something that's not harming anybody else? I often think to myself, okay, if I did stop pulling, would I then pick something else? This is my coping mechanism. What would I do instead? Yeah, exactly. Because I developed a little bit of dermatillomania from trying to stop my trichotillomania. I started picking at my lips really bad to the point where they would bleed and I would have crusty freaking red lips. It was not appealing and I was very embarrassed about it, especially because this was around the time where, you know, girls start getting boyfriends. It's high school. You're trying to fit in still. I was a sophomore and I remember I liked this guy so much and I was like, what can I do to like be with this guy so I wore this lipstick and it crusted really bad because of the fact that I had really busted lips 
and I remember him just kind of looking down, making like a nasty face and being like, I'm okay. And that hurt my feelings. It hurt my feelings really bad. And it just also not only that specific moment, but trailing back to all the times I've been rejected because of the fact that I don't have eyebrows. I don't have eyelashes. I'm not that pretty beauty standard that everybody wants. I was always the weird kid. Nobody wanted to be friends with me. And it wasn't even just because of the fact of my BFRB. It was genuinely because I wasn't to everybody else's standard. I could talk about HabitAware and all of the wonderful work they do all day long. Not only does the Keen 2 bring awareness to your BFRB with gentle vibrations, it tracks your vibrations, which allows you to look at your own personal data and make informed decisions. You might be thinking, how do I see my data? Easy, by looking at the Keen 2 app. What if I need help configuring my Keen 2? Schedule a free call with someone from the HabitAware team. Looking for additional support and or community? Join the HabitAware BFRB Change Collective. Start your journey with HabitAware by going to barbaralally.com slash habitaware today. It's so hard to fit in, especially when your appearance is constantly changing. Not only am I battling trying to fit in, I'm battling myself in the mirror. That's too heavy to deal with when you're a little kid. Exactly. That was me. That was so me too, because I remember I was 13 and I got my first eyebrow pen. And my parents were like, okay, use this. I didn't have any kind of makeup knowledge yet. I didn't have any kind of working. I don't even know what the word is. Like, I had no knowledge of what an eyebrow was supposed to look like because I haven't had eyebrows since I was seven. So I, I mean, from doing my makeup now, like years, years after, I know where to put my eyebrows and where my brow bone is at and how to draw on an eyebrow. But then I remember just using the pencil, drawing a really thick line and then scrubbing it. Like it looked really bad. It looked really, really bad. And I would show up to school like that. And now it wasn't why don't you have eyebrows? It was, why are your eyebrows like that? <laughs> and I feel like that hurt more than why don't you have eyebrows? And then I bought an eyebrow pomade and I showed it to my mom saying, hey, maybe this will make my eyebrows look a little bit better. It won't make them translucent. We got the eyebrow pomade and I drew them on. And remember when the James Charles eyebrow was a trend? Did I go from having translucent smudged eyebrows to really bad James Charles eyebrows that brought another thing and again why are your eyebrows like that you have sharpie eyebrows that's really weird and that you know it just, just hurts my feelings because I so bad have tried to do everything to everybody's standard and it has never gotten to anybody's standard until now because I am more confident in myself. I love myself. I can finally like go out of the house without eyebrows. And, you know, my boyfriend is probably the first person that I've ever showed 
what I look like without eyebrows. And that was a big thing because I remember spending the night with him being like, oh yeah, I can't take my makeup off. And he's like, why? And I said, I just, I I feel uncomfortable showing you what I look like without eyebrows. It's like a really embarrassing thing for me. And he's like, I don't care. I think you're beautiful no matter what. Like whether or not you have eyebrows, that doesn't matter to me. And that really touched me because I have been shamed for so long for not having eyebrows to finally having somebody tell me I don't care that is just a big thing to me because he was the first person to be like what is trichotillomania let me learn about it a little bit is there anything I can do to support you and he's done as much as he can in order to support me and my BFRB. And I don't think I can ask for more. I feel so much more confident. Having someone you love deeply say those things to you makes you believe it more, doesn't it? I believe it so much more because I have my friends on Snapchat and before I would send them pictures of me literally doing this, covering the fact that I don't have eyebrows on right now, to me literally sending the most unpleasing pictures of myself. And it's funny now. There's a picture of me that I took when I was re-dyeing my hair because I dye my hair black all the time. And I had no eyebrows in it. And I thought it was the funniest thing in the world. And I said, why do I look like Ronnie Radke? Because I had this like black line around my whole face. And there was a little bit of it on my eyebrow. And it just looked really funny. So I'm finally at the point where I'm confident enough to like walk out of the house without any kind of makeup or any kind of like hiding factor over my hair loss in certain areas. Do you remember when you started to transition out of caring what people thought about you and saying to yourself, you know what, I'm just going to be who I am? I want to honestly say more recent, about when I started cosmetology school. So about around February, where I feel like, because we had a facial practical that we had to do. And there was this other girl in my class. She doesn't have trichotillomania. She just genuinely does not have eyebrows. And we were both like really scared because we were like, oh my God, we have to show people what we look like without eyebrows. So we just made a pact to do ours together. And we did it. And I felt a little more confident. I was like, okay, like people aren't looking at me like I have five heads. And then I met this other girl who she shaves them off, but she never even draws on her eyebrows. So it was kind of nice to have like, you know, somebody around me who didn't judge me. I didn't judge them. They look just like me. And I really wish I had that growing up. I needed that more growing up than I needed it now. But I feel like not having it until now has been like a huge character development for me. I am the greatest person I could possibly be at this point. I'm nicer. I am kinder to myself. I'm more confident in myself. I'm finally at a point where I can look at myself in the mirror and be like, damn, I'm pretty. (laughs) Have you noticed a decrease in your pulling because you're more confident and not pressuring yourself to be pull free? Honestly, yes. It really depends on if I have a full face of makeup on, I can't see whether or not 
I have anything to pull. But I've honestly, if I'm having that urge for Christmas, my mom bought me this waxing pot because I was like, hmm, I wonder if that'll be nice. And I started waxing myself. And my favorite part about pulling is seeing the bulb. I love it. And I think it's so funny because I've seen your TikToks about you like wiping it on your upper lip. And all of my friends make fun of me because I'll like be all like, oh my God, look at hair. And then I'll like wipe my wax strip on my lip. And they're like, Carly, what are you doing? And I'm just like, it's nice. It feels nice. And I'll wax my armpits and then do the same thing. And they're like, Carly, you're actually really weird. And, you know, my weirdness is something that pleases me. Everybody has their little quirks that please themselves. But I don't feel shame in things that make me happy. I don't feel the need to explain why I do the things that I do. I am just unapologetically me at this point. And I am just proud of myself that I've gotten to this point because I'm really doing it for my younger self because my younger self needed this so much. And I'm sure there's multiple little kids out there that are struggling with the same things that I've been through growing up. And I just really want to advocate for those who are struggling with it and struggling with it more socially because it's not really, it doesn't really affect anybody in another kind of way, maybe a little bit psychologically, but socially is the worst part about it all. What led you to cosmetology school? Actually, having my BFRB, I told my mom that you know, originally my plan was going to go to school for criminal psychology because that's always interested me. But then I was like, am I really going to enjoy that? Is that something that I'm really going to fulfill enjoyment in my life? And then I thought about it. I was like, you know, I really like playing with makeup and I really like helping people. And I really like being that supporting advocate person. Maybe I'll try cosmetology. And I tried cosmetology. And I asked one of my old coworkers, hey, because I know you go to cosmetology school. How do you like your school? And she's like, I love it. This is the best thing I've ever done for myself. So I applied and I loved it there. I talked with the makeup teacher for a little bit. And she was already like, I love you so much. Please take my makeup class. I didn't take the makeup class just because I felt like I already had a grasp onto makeup and I already kind of knew what I was doing. I just really want to work with people with hair loss, not even just trichotillomania, like alopecia areata, um, postpartum alopecia. Like there's all sorts of different things that correlate with hair loss that I really just want to be a support agent for that because I know how hard it is to walk into a salon, having a huge bald spot on your head and then being like, I don't know what to do. And that broke me. I was 13 getting my first ever haircut for a really long time. And I was devastated because that's just embarrassing. As it is, it's being, it's taking me a big step to take off my headband and showing somebody my vulnerable bald spots. I wanted to be somebody I needed as a kid. And that's really where I am trying to go because I've always had a caring side to me to the point where I will give myself up for another person. I'm such a people pleaser. 
having that people pleaser aspect to me made me be like, you know, I'm not going to be necessarily a people pleaser. I want to be more of an advocate because I know how devastating it is to be in vulnerable positions. And, you know, it's just sad because I've been bullied my whole life because of the fact that I don't have eyebrows still to this day. It's insane that that is one thing that people can poke you at and be like, hey, you don't have eyebrows. And then that just inner child in you is breaking. And I've been working really hard to heal that inner child. I feel like that's a lot because childhood is a crucial social stage in your whole life. That builds who you are to this day. And healing her has made me be a better person. And that's what I really want to like share. I want to share my, you are so pretty. I want to make people feel confident. And so far being in cosmetology school, I've seen so many smiles, different types of hair. I've seen, I've seen a lot of differences and I love individuality. Like I love it. And there is this one girl that comes into my chair all the time and she is very unexpressionate. She does not show emotions. And I cut her hair for the second time and I finally got her to smile. Finally. And that was such a breakthrough moment to me. I was like, I'm finally doing it. I'm doing something that she likes. And that has always put a big smile on my face to make people happy. I'm so glad you were in this profession. I wish I had you too. I needed you back then. The people in your chair are very lucky. That's just all I'm here for because I know that every little girl has some sort of insecurity. There's always something that every little girl's picked on for. And it's not talked about enough. Trichotillomania. It's not discussed because it's more of a hush-hush subject. We're not talking about sex here. We're talking about something that is so crucial to people who are like us, people who crave that satisfaction. It's not something that we should just be brushing under the table. And it's not something that we should just be, you know, making excuses for it. Like it's some sort of embarrassing thing. It's not gross. It's not something we should be ashamed for, embarrassed about. It's a part of us and all we can do is support ourselves and support other people who are going through those same struggles. What advice would you give someone who is so ready to join the community? And maybe, what advice would you give their parents? I would honestly just say, talk to one of your friends about it. Just have a whole conversation. Just ask one of your closest friends possible, somebody that you can say anything to, and just be like, can I have a moment for you to listen to me real quick? And then just talk about it. That's how I was in cosmetology school. I didn't want to talk about it. I didn't start doing any of this until I started school and I made my page and I even put trichotillomania advocate in my bio because I was not ready to talk about it yet because it was almost like a dirty thing to talk about. It's not. It's something that, you know, there's so much support around you. There's so much love and affection that our community is willing to offer. And it's a safe space where we all know we're going to be okay in the end. We have each other's backs and it's always okay. 
it's not something that you should be shamed about. I have noticed in multiple occasions of multiple people that I've met who have my same hair pulling disorder that I don't want to say the parents are the problem, but they don't provide that same support that a therapist might offer because parents are so focused on having this normal child. They don't care as long as their child's quote unquote normal. And as soon as your child starts to exhibit behaviors that you're not acquainted with yet, that doesn't mean that something's wrong. That means your child might need a little more support, a little more love, a little more affection, care. It doesn't mean that there's something wrong with your child. It's a difference. Some people have curly hair. Some people have straight hair. Some people have blonde hair. Some people have black hair. That doesn't mean that it's something that needs to be fixed. And I really wish that my parents knew that because I don't think it's a weird thing for me to show up to a grocery store without makeup on anymore. I don't think it's weird that I don't have eyebrows. I think it's funny. I don't think it's a weird thing that I don't have eyelashes because I have a little more control over how I do my eyeliner now and it doesn't clump. You know, some people probably wish that it didn't have eyelashes, so or eyebrows, so they could, you know, achieve that perfect look that they're striving for. And that's why I try to see it in more of a positive aspect rather than a negative, because I grew up thinking it was all negative. It was all terrible. It was something that was dirty. It was something that we just pushed under the table or under the rug. It was a terrible thing. And I don't want anybody to feel that. Not even just about BFRBs, about mental health. It's not a dirty thing. It's not something because the social aspect of having a BFRB can lead to mental health disorders. And that's what happened to me. And I don't want anybody to go through the hell that I went through because I didn't have eyebrows. And I just want more support rather than help. I'm not asking you to put a Band-Aid on it. I'm asking, hey, can I just get a little more support and a little more acceptance? Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Trick Talks. Did you know that I offer an online trichotillomania-focused course? My course is called Sharing Our Stories. As a gift to you, please use promo code TRICKTALKS25 to receive 25% off the five-session package. You can access this promotion at barbaralally.com.